All right, so today I'm excited to speak to you about the idea of becoming unoffendable people. Okay. Now, you might have already shut down because you like to be offended. Or you can't possibly imagine how one could go about their life never getting offended. But I want to encourage you today that I think that God has a word for us and a reminder for us that we can, in fact, be unoffendable kind of people. Can we pray? Lord God, we just thank you for this time. God, I know this word is not mine, it's yours, 100%. And I pray that you would speak in and through me today, God. And I pray for each and every one of us in this room, God. We've all had moments of offense. Some of us are still carrying those offenses. And I just pray right now that you would teach us how to be unoffendable people, God. How to be loving, how to be kind, how to be generous with our forgiveness, Father. And I just pray right now for healing to take place in this room, God. I believe we're going to be walking out of here with chains broken, God. Chains that are tying us back to the past, Father. And I just pray right now that you'd soften our hearts and prepare us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so many of us kind of maybe carry offense around, or we've seen others carry offense around as if it's like this badge of honor. We kind of walk around like, you hurt me, ha ha, it still hurts, it still hurts, so now you're hurting. Reality is they're not hurting, right? <laughs> They've moved on and they forgot all about it, or they didn't even know it was that they hurt you in the first place. We carried it around and carried it around forever, and we think we're hurting others because they hurt us, so if we carry their offense and we're offended towards them, then they'll be hurting too. But that's not the reality. We have all heard the saying, offense cannot be given, it can only be taken. That idea is kind of appalling, right? As the, uh, but what abouts run through our mind? There's so many times where it's like, well, you can say that, but you've never been hurt like me, right? But the reality is, offense is a choice. Sadly, I recall a time where this principle shined true. We had some really close friends when we were kids. They, they were best friends. They were both in our wedding. Um, they were super close. We were the best of friends. And something switched after, um, I remember it being like January one year, and it was like, what is going on? We suddenly had a lot of separation. They didn't really want to spend time with us. And we were like, what is the deal? What, what happened? So finally, over time, we were like, guys, we got to get together. We don't we miss you, we, we want to hang out, like, what's going on? So we got together for dinner, and at dinner, they explained the story, something I did, naturally, because I'm the one to always do the wrong thing, <laughs> or say the wrong thing, and then wish I got it back. But in this case, it was just something, a joke, really, it was really silly, um, something very s simple, and they had literally been at our home, and I had said this thing, as like, oh, how cute, you know, um, and... And then they left, and they were like, oh, she was just kidding around, no big deal. But then they stewed on it, and they decided to be offended. And that was their, little, their literal words where we decided to be offended. And I was like, what? You could have just, like, been done with it? And you've been carrying it all this time, the simple thing? It was such a little thing. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Right then and there, offense was chosen quite literally just days later. They chose to be offended. Like it or not, the only person your carried offense is impacting is you. Yes, we were brokenhearted that our friends were hurt by our comment. But we also didn't just sit there. Jason and I, if you know us at all, we're not the kind of people to just sit and be sentimental and try to, like, 
butter them up and fix things. This was, we said, I'm so sorry, would never expect that. Our relationship took years to repair out of that one thing. But we moved on. They didn't. And honestly, we've seen that impact in their lives to this date where offense is a choice that they've chosen many times, and we've seen the brokenness of that in their lives. So this is why I believe that God has called us to be different. We've not been called to be offendable people. In fact, quite the opposite, we've been called to forgive, just as Christ forgave us. I want to run through a few verses that remind us of God's desire for us to be as forgiving as he is and to be an unoffendable people. Matthew 6, 12 says this, and forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. This is from the Lord's Prayer. Ephesians 4, 32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. 1 John 2, 6, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Christ was a forgiver. He forgave all of it on the cross. Proverbs 19, 11, Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. I like that one. It's good. Matthew 6, 14 through 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your father, heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others' trespasses, neither will your, forgot, your Father forgive yours. That's fun. Acts 24, 16. So I always take pains to have a clear conscience towards both God and man. Proverbs 18, 19. A brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city, and quarreling is like the bars of a castle. It's a trap. I think you get the point. Notice that there's no unless in any of those verses. There's no, but if they did this to you, then you can be angry forever. Right? He just calls us to forgive no matter what. And guess what? I'm very sensitive to the fact that many of you are thinking of all the ways that your offense is justified. I've done the same. I've had many experiences in my life that are justifiably a place where I could sit in offense. However, I wasn't called to sit in offense. And if you have the justification to not forgive, then Christ had the justification to not forgive. And yet he didn't. He carried it all to the cross. So I look at Jesus and I take this scripture and I think this is the perfect example of how we are to be. On the cross, before Jesus even died, after being accused of nonsense, really, he gets on the cross and his very last words were said in Luke 23, 34, Father, forgive them because they do not know what they are doing. Before he even died, he hadn't even experienced the full ramifications of the cross, and he forgave those who had sinned against him. That's the kind of person I want to be. Before a word comes out of your mouth, I'm just not going to be offended. I'm going to walk into every situation knowing this could be a very complicated conversation. It could be very uncomfortable, but I'm not going to be offended. I'm going to choose love, and I'm going to choose not to be offended. So my encouragement to you today is um, that we become unoffendable people. Can you imagine if the church went around being unoffendable? First of all, the places and spaces that God would allow us would be incredible. The people and the experiences that they're going through and our, our avenue to them would be wide open. Because we're not offended. We're not offended by the thing. Jesus wasn't offended by the sin. 
He cared more about the sinner. And if we could walk around like that, being the kind of people that are not offendable, then the places and spaces we could go would be miraculous. And I believe the life change that we could see happen would be miraculous. Brant Hansen says this, being offended is a tiring business. Letting things go gives you energy. We're going to talk about that more later. Let's look at what Paul says about how we as Christ followers should be dealing with offense in Colossians 3, 12 through 15, and this is on the screen. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another, that means enduring each other. (laughs) Sometimes I don't want to endure people. And forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. The message version says this about that forgiveness portion. It says, forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. Be quick to forgive. It's a decision. So with this in mind, I have some practical ways to become unoffendable people. Unoffendable people. Are you all with me still? Yeah. You okay to be here? Yeah. No one's offended? Okay. <laughs> Point number one. To become unoffendable, we must guard our hearts, not lock them up. Have you ever been so hurt that you say, I'll never trust anyone again. I will never, for, I will never give my heart away again. Many of us sitting in this room have said those exact words. But this is what the Bible says about forgiveness. And it stretches us beyond what we're comfortable with in our immediate response. It says in Matthew 5, 38 through 42, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, remember, we live in an upside down kingdom. It's not about what the world tells us, it's about what Jesus tells us. But I tell you, don't resist an evildoer. On the contrary, if anyone slaps you on your right cheek, turn, to, turn the other to him also. As for the one who wants to sue you and take away your shirt, let him have your coat as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to the one who asks you, and don't turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. When we live like that, it's much harder to be hurt. It's much harder for us to lock up our hearts and not allow anyone in. I'm not suggesting that you continue to put yourself in the path of someone who continues to offend you. So please don't hear that. That's not wise. We have to learn that there are people in our world that just truly just are mean, bitter, angry people who are going to keep hurting you, and you don't need to keep being in their path. You can love people from a distance, and that's okay. So we have to learn that, and we have to be okay with that. But I am suggesting that you guard your heart and don't lock it up. Years ago, we had a hurt that was so painful. I had never walked through this kind of thing. First of all, I, I... I'm not saying I'm completely unoffendable, but I am hard to offend. I don't take things too personally. I understand that we all say things that hurt sometimes, and I try not to be offended. And I think it's just mostly just who I am as a person. I just naturally don't tend to that. However, this was an experience that completely blew me up. I was, like, deeply cut. And I had so much unforgiveness and bitterness and self-pity that it plagued me. And I let it go on for a year. And I let it go on. I literally chose this offense to just take root. At one point, about a year in, a friend of mine asked me how long I was going to keep dwelling in it. 
I remember we were sitting outside a coffee shop, and I was like, I'm enjoying my pity party. And those were literally my words I said. Uh, I'm going to just stay here a bit longer because I'm enjoying my pity party. I literally carried it like a badge of honor. Like it was okay to be offended. I have every right. So why are you trying to make me stop? I don't need to get better. But I was poison. And it was really interesting. We were at this conference this uh, last week and Charlotte Gamble shared this idea about the fact that we can choose our pain. We can choose pain that has collateral damage, which means other people are taken down with your pain. Or we can choose pain that is simply just internal. I chose collateral damage in this situation, and many people were affected by my pain. So a couple weeks later, I felt convicted, and I texted a word of encouragement to those who had offended me. And it began amending like never before. It was complete and 100% restoration. My heart could have been hardened to never let anyone that close again, but instead I chose to give away love and hope for love in return. Sometimes we have to forgive and realize we're not going to get anything back. There may not be restoration. There may never be that, I'm sorry I hurt you. Some people just aren't ready to do that, and they don't acknowledge that they hurt you. In this case, it all came full circle, and we all did our due diligence, and it's all healed. But here's the thing. I guard my heart but not in a way of wariness. So I guard it. But in discernment to let the right people close and help others feel close too. My heart is far from locked up. It's actually free because of the choice I made to let things go. Can you imagine that? Okay, point number two. To become unoffendable, we must give our hearts to him instead of laying them at the feet of others. We all know these people who are in our worlds, who literally have become doormats to the people around them. And the reality is that they're not giving their hearts to God, who would say, I have better for you, I have more for you. They're laying it at the feet of others looking for approval. And that's what this is about. This is an issue of identity and where you're finding it. When you find your identity in Christ, you know who you are, and therefore you don't just lay your heart before people asking for approval. So the question is, are you allowing man to define you? If you do, then when they insult your character, your integrity, your work ethic, or whatever, when they come against you, you will bow down to offense. You'll submit to it. Jesus' heart wasn't hinged on the people who identified him as he knew who he was in God. So he didn't care what people thought about him. He knew who he was in God. I love this passage as it's a picture of what God does with us. It's out of Matthew 16, 13 through 19. It says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say I am? He didn't really need to know. Okay? This is more a test for these guys. Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you. But my father, his father, said who he was and revealed it to Simon Peter in heaven, told you. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. 
against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Jesus declared over Peter exactly who he was and what Peter would do as he sought to follow Christ. This was a declaration over Peter by Jesus. The only person that needs to be telling you who you are is God. It's in him and through him. And when we live in and through him and his identity over us, we don't get our identity from man. We don't lay our hearts before men. We get our identity from him. And Psalms, David was constantly broken. Have you ever read the Psalms? Okay, if you haven't, just depends on the day that you're having. Okay, if you're sad, it might be a good place to go and be encouraged. If you're happy, it might be a good place to see how happy you can be. <laughs> okay? So David says this in Psalm 3, 1 through 4. Oh, Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Have we had those days where you're like, everything, everything is coming against me. Many are saying of my soul, there's no salvation for him and God. But you, O oh Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy heel. He is your shield. He is your protector. He is your identifier. Despite what came against him, he knew who had him. He knew what God thought of him, and he knew where his help came from. When our identity is found in our Savior and what he says about us, our hearts aren't able to be stumped on by man. Our hearts are laid bare before our Savior. We are fed and led by Jesus, and offense cannot settle. Good? Okay, you ready for point number three? All right. We must assume the highest instead of stooping to the lowest. How much of offense has come from words never spoken? We've been in those situations. It's kind of like, you know, text messaging and trying to communicate over text all your feelings. It's a really bad idea. Communication 101, do not talk over a computer technological advancement thing. <laughs> okay? That's like... Uh, literally, you're just preparing yourself to be offended. Not a good way to go into a conversation. Face-to-face, -face, people, face-to-face. -face. I think we spend much of our time assuming what someone thinks about us. We stir up strife based on the sideways glance or the not-so-tight hug they gave us or when you said hello. In my world, when I pe hear people walking down this path, and I've heard many, my immediate response is, what did they say? What did they say? And frequently the answer is, well, not that exactly. Let's be people who, even if something was said, we assume the highest in each other. I would hope that if you know me and my character and you know who I am, that you would assume the highest in me. If I say something wrong, I would hope that you would say, she is having a bad day and she needs Jesus and some prayer. Like, I would hope that you would assume the greatest of me knowing who I am. And knowing who I follow, just as Pastor Jason said last week, because of who I follow, you can know that he will reflect the light inside of me that needs to be changed. So when you're assuming the highest in me, there's so much freedom on me and you in our relationship because we both know that we know each other enough to know that we don't need to be offended by what they just said. They're saying it maybe out of frustration or maybe they are being direct and that's what I needed and I just need to think if I needed that. Maybe I needed that. Matthew 18, 15 says this. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. 
Notice it doesn't say go and tell everyone else about it. It says go to him and him alone. So when I do have an offense or something that kind of hit me the wrong way or I wasn't sure, like, what were you trying to say, it's my responsibility as a Christ follower to go to the person that hurt me and tell them, hey, this is how this came across. Was that what you intended? It's my responsibility to go to them alone. Not tell our friends. They're not going to help you. They're just going to make it worse. (laughs) Whether, unless you have a friend like I did who said, are you done? (laughs) Then... That's good. Whether on purpose or by accident, if someone hurt you, it's important for you to communicate that hurt and find healing and forgiveness. It's your responsibility. The choice to be offended or not offended, to be healed or broken, is your responsibility. I'd rather assume the highest of someone than wreak havoc within myself by bearing a false burden. And that false burden is often taking on that offense that wasn't ever intended to be there. That's my burden. My fourth and final point is this. And really, this is what everything hinges on. This is the point. To become unoffendable, we must cut off the chains, not just unlock them. Here's the reality. I was listening to a song by Travis Green while preparing my message, and This came out, this point came out of it. And I thought, this is so important for us to get. In this song, it says this, because my past can't go with me as I walk into my destiny. You got to let go of your past. So I'm going to have my friends come up and help me with the example. Pastor Andrew, Sarah, (laughs) she loves me. Um, We have to realize that our past is very much keeping us from the great destiny that God has for us. And it's time to realize that every offense is a chain. Keeping you from engaging in your destiny and a future of being unoffendable. We have to let go of past hurts. So here's my illustration. We do CrossFit. It's a cult. Just kidding. Can you put this um, on the ground there? So this is a sled pole. Sarah's going to get herself strapped in here. You just put one on each shoulder. You're going to go forward. Yeah. I had to get some a little or else we'd be here all day showing the example and I didn't want to have to do that. Okay. So, I mean, I'd be here all day with you. I'm not saying that. Um, (laughs) So here's the idea, okay? So Sarah is right now pretty free to just walk as she needs to. Okay, go ahead. Stop. Um, But let's go ahead and add, you know, the 25 pounds, the yellow. So this is today. She decided... Sarah is sitting in an offense of the past from her childhood. She's still stuck in it. So let's go ahead and try and move. She's so strong. Look how strong she is. Okay, stop. Um, But then because she's easily offendable, she picks up another offense. Let's put the 45 on there make it real hard. This is a deep one. This is a deep one. A wound that happened maybe, maybe from... Maybe from her childhood, maybe from a place of real brokenness, maybe an ex. And <laughs> she's just trying to, <laughs> killing my point here. Anyway, uh, <laughs> need more weight. Put on all the weight. No, I'm just kidding. So now this is another thing slowing her down a little. But now we have another weight, the 45 again. Um, <laughs> we got to slow this girl down. 
that we're, cha- we're chained to because we're not re- choosing to let it go. Maybe it's some, a friend who said something one day that was just really cruel, and she's still moving, but she can't go as far or, or as fast. More weight, more weight. She's going, wait. We're going to take this slower next time. Um, I think you should turn around with this weight on it. So another time, <laughs> no, another time she's offended. Okay, more weight. Let's get more weight. Um, <laughs> Okay, so she's just offended by me, and I'm not, I'm not going to let her go, okay? <laughs> I'm just going to do this, okay? <laughs> okay? Okay, 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 you proved it. I'm going to fall off. Okay, so do we get the point, though, the imagery, okay? The imagery is that as we get locked down, and these are... Ideally, an idea of chains. As we lock down to each chain and each offense and each place and space that someone has hurt us, we cannot continue into the great future and destiny that God has for us. So the reality is that we cannot just, see, this is easy to slip on and off, okay? And chains are easy to slip on and off if you have a key. And you do have the key because it's your offense that you're holding, so you have the key to put yourself in or out of it. Thank you guys so much. So the point remains that we cannot just slip off or cut, cut, you know, turn ourselves loose from the chains. We have to literally cut them to the place where they cannot be put back on. And I understand that sometimes that's a daily practice. That's a daily practice of forgiving someone. Sometimes the wound is so deep, it's going to take a while to really let it go. We're not like Jesus who can forgive us and forget it all, unfortunately. It would have been nice to, for him, them to make us that way, God to make us that way, because then this would be a much easier application, right? But the reality is that the more we stay in our chains, the less we get to experience the life that God has for us. The freedom comes when we are willing to cut the chains off. And maybe there's moments and situations that you're thinking about right now that you know it's time to cut off that chain. Maybe it's personal. Maybe it's an offense you've done against yourself. We don't like to talk about it because the idea of sin, we want to cover it up like it was no big deal and, you know, God's grace covers it all. And that is all true, but it was a big deal. There are some of us who, have, who are sitting in soul wounds. We are broken because of our soul wounds. Things we've done to ourselves sins that we've committed that we are still sitting in shame and guilt from, all of those things keep us in our past and locked to them. Rather than being realizing that we have a Savior who has so much grace and mercy for us that as soon as we said, Father, forgive me, I didn't know what I was doing, or maybe I did, that he's let it go. Yet we just keep wanting to be chained to this past of brokenness, or maybe we don't, just don't know how to get out of it, and it's simply saying, I'm not going back. I remember what that person done, did, and that really hurt, or I was stuck in years of an abusive relationship, and I don't know how to break free of it. It's an everyday thing. You have to choose to forgive, and I tell you, we talked about this a little last week with my abusers. I never had to see them again. My cousin actually committed suicide, which when I think about that now breaks my heart because of the chains he was stuck in that left him in his past. 
So my responsibility, unfortunately, I'll never get to sit in front of someone, or maybe fortunately, I don't, I don't get to sit in front of them and say, I forgive you, but I've had to choose forgiveness. And you have to choose that kind of forgiveness. I've seen people, I've seen broken marriages completely restored because someone chose to forgive. It's a choice. You can let go of the offense. You can break off the chains. And you can completely be free of them. So as we close, I want to lead us in a moment of prayer regarding our offenses. So if you can just go ahead and stand up. I want to ask you, like my friend did, if there's something you're holding on to that you should be letting go of. And maybe after this service, and my prayer is that after this service, you're going to have this conversation with your husband or with your wife or with your friend who hurt you. Or you're going to call your mom or your child. And you're going to tell them that you forgive them. Or maybe it's just that you're going to settle it in your heart. I'm forgiving this person. I'm not letting this thing hold me back to my past. I'm going to move forward into all that God has for me. And I can't do that with these chains. I've got to cut them. Tomorrow you might wake up and it might be like that it comes flooding at you because that's just how the enemy likes to work. He likes to say, you didn't really forgive that person. Remember what they did to you and the images and the examples and the words all flash back into your mind and the hatred and the anger comes stirring back up and it's, no. In Jesus' name, I forgave that person. So it takes time. It doesn't just happen overnight. And sometimes it does. For me, it did. For me, it was literally a choice. I said, no, I'm not mad anymore. I'm not angry anymore. I'm free of this. I may never get an apology. I may never get an I'm sorry. I may never get to say I told you so, even though I want to. But I'm free because I'm choosing freedom. So God, we just come before you right now. Lord, we lay our hearts before you, God, and I just pray right now that you would shine the light on those places that we've not forgiven, God, that we've not let go. Lord, those things that are holding us back, chains to our past that are keeping us in a place of depression and unforgiveness and a place of bitterness and anger, God, Lord, I just pray right now that we're choosing to cut those chains. We're choosing to not live in that past life. We're choosing to give ourselves the freedom to release the shame, shame off of you. In Jesus' name, shame off of you. In Christ, there's no condemnation. So for the things that we have been unable to forgive ourselves for, God, for the things we've been unable to let go from others, God, I just say in Jesus' name, the chains are broken. They cannot be put back on. Would you just lift your hand in this moment if you just need to let something go? This is a way that we're saying we surrender it to you, God. We surrender it to you.